When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. At Baker's, we work with local farms right in our own backyard to bring you food that's fresher than fresh. From homegrown watermelon that makes your mouth water to crisp corn picked right around the corner. Come pick out some yourself because shopping for local produce should be as easy as shopping at your local Baker's. Baker's, fresh for everyone. When you're a Boost member, you get free delivery, double fuel points, and lots more. Sign up at bakersplus.com boost. Everton are back at Goodison Park, back with a win, 3-1 against Southampton. Didn't feel like it was going to be like that at half-time, uh, but three goals in the second half from Richarlison, from the magnificence after like the Corey, and Dominic Carver-Lewin gave Rafael Benitez the first, his first win as Everton manager in his first game. Dave Downey, Paddy Boyle and Mark Mosey with me. Dave, absolutely loved that today. There was fume, there was people kicking off. Um, there was late goals, Gladys Street goals, brilliant performances. It, after so long away, it was great to sort of have all of that, the entire Goodison experience encapsulated in one game <laughs> and with Everton coming out the other side of a win. It was absolutely perfect today, wasn't it? That's, that's exactly what it was. It was like just everything, like a lucky tip. Was like, <laughs> you put your hand in, you don't know what you're going to get when you pull it back out. You just uh, all shit as well. Um, <laughs> oh, but, um, didn't pull that ball out of Goodison Tombow. I am, am, uh, am going to be writing a letter of complaints because the, uh, the, I don't know about you guys, but the digital thing didn't work at all for me. Oh, really? Seamless getting in for me. Was it yeah. all right for yeah, you, was it? Yeah, well, nice, I, yeah. I had my phone scratched by about 15 different stewards. I have to be led um, as well, by the way. Did you? Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so, like, we're, we're different I, reasons entirely <laughs> Where, where I go in, it's like MS5, it's right in the corner, and there's, there's two entrances. I'm quite lucky because there's um, you get your choice of turnstiles, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And I got here, as, as I always do, I got here like half past one, I'm thinking if there's any trouble, I'll be fine. Like, so I got there, and it was dead as you'd expect. And um, went up to the, uh, the, the the lady and I said, um, you know, I'd like to get in, please. You know what I mean? <laughs> She's like looking at me like, what are you here for? Um, and uh, the COVID thing was fine. There was a guy just taking a tally chart. And he said, he just said to me, "Have you got anything on you that says you've had the test or um, that you've been double jabbed?" Yeah, yeah. So I had the 
thing in the wallet and all. Yeah. This is important stuff, Matt. This is so on brand for Dave Downey. It is. Got the first game no. of the season back for ages. With won the, the game. No, because and, uh, it's a hard luck story. <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to tell you the roller coaster of emotions. This so. is Operation Goodness next. So at this, at this, at this point, this guy's like marked his. This yeah. guy's marked his tally chart like he's coloring in something. And uh, the, the woman grabs my phone and, and says, you know, just just scan it over there. That's all fine. You know, mm-hmm. confident it's you and all that. Yeah. So she's like, just just rub it on the scanner. <laughs> so I'm standing there. Still about the phone. I was going to say, it looked like quite a rotter. Do you know what I mean? I'm st- <laughs> stood there, this this piece of technology in front of me, and I'm like rubbing it in a circular motion, and nothing's happening. And I, and I said, I said, nothing's happening here, love. She went, well, you know, turn it round. So I, I turned it round, started doing the same thing. At which point, oh, at which point, all the other stewards, because there's no one there, all the other stewards come over as if like I was some sort of example. Do you know what I mean? And each one of them tried it, the same thing, and it, it must have looked hilarious if you were standing watching. There's about a dozen people with one phone, each taking turns to rub it against the screen. So uh, yeah, it didn't work. So uh, the head steward come over and said, uh, "You know, no, just just go in, mate." And I was like, you know, if this happens at ten to two, you're all bugger deal, like. And then. Uh, it, it felt like it was. It felt like I'd never been away by the time I got, yeah. I got up to my seat. But then, when the uh, that incredibly emotive piece of uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, montage they put together was spectacular. I'm not sure they needed to do it twice because we were all feeling bad enough at half time as it was, weren't we? But um, it was yeah. lovely. The violins, all that stuff, um, and it was so nice to see people. I don't speak to many people at the game. Um, I say hello, and that's it, really. Yeah, yeah. But I felt myself at conversion. A lot of older people sit by me. There's a lady in front of me, she's, obviously, hopefully she doesn't listen, but she seems quite old. And um, <laughs> I was talking to her for ages about like what she'd been up to and stuff like yeah. that, and it was just so, so nice. Uh, and then the game started and it all went to pot. It was uh, <laughs> abysmal first 45 minutes. They, they all looked like it was new to them. Yeah. It, it all looked like they yeah. turned up today and this was work again after being working from home for years. Yeah. Um, and, and then, I'm not going to go on off on a monologue, but yeah, I, I, first half generally... I thought it was really, really poor. I thought Michael Keane and Mason Holgate, they probably should never play together again as a centre-half pairing. And that was sort of the abiding thoughts I had at half-time, along with getting off. Yeah. <laughs> Does anyone else have any grievances they want to get off the chest before we go into the positivity just, tonight? Oh no, so, yeah, hang on, yeah, so <laughs> just, just to finish the grievances, my phone screen scratched, so I'd like some recompense, Bill, or Farhad. <laughs> Whoever it is running the show up there it was, now. It was funny because we got into Dave's car to record, and the first thing he did was moan about the carling as well. So I like, <laughs> I just, I just like to echo Dave's thoughts. And if, if there's any chance of like a nice local brewery to, to get on top, <laughs> when's the last time you get came to a match as a fan? It must be a long time ago. Well, this is what I was about to say. Coupled because, with the pandemic, yeah, exactly. So I mean, it's obviously 18 months now since we had Goodison packed out, mm. sold out, as we saw today. I've been as as a journalist in that time. And it was just, it, it was so nice to have the fans back. You, you see what a difference it makes, yeah. not only to performance, by the way, because we, we were saying on the walk here that maybe if the fans hadn't been there, Everton wouldn't have got through that today. Mm. It just seemed to give them an extra lease of life in, in that second half. <coughs> but I found myself, and maybe I'm the last person you expect to say this, but I found it really emotional, just that, the whole yeah. idea of being yeah. back in the ground. Yeah. Dave, Dave speaks there about kind of speaking to people he's never spoken to before people he's maybe seen over years and years and it's always just been a quick hello you but take if, them for granted then you do yeah. you do and it's, i think it's, it's almost given everybody a bit of a renewed focus it's yeah. almost we're back now this mm-hmm. is how much we've missed it just the ritual of going to the game 
Um, yeah. So I did find an emotional times, found an emotional before kickoff with 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 all the stuff that took place there. But then also when Everton scored the goals, it, it just it felt very cathartic to yeah. me. It felt like a build up of eighteen months, yeah, twenty four yeah. months, where um, everything's been stored, and that kind of release of emotion was quite overwhelming. In terms of the performance, because a lot of emotive is emotive stuff. I agree with Dave. It was a very poor first half. I think they got caught between going long and forcing it too early, completely mm-hmm. negating Gray as a number ten. If he's yeah. there, you've got to play through him, on, or, or it's not worthwhile having him there at all. And then when they did try and slow it down, they weren't good enough to do that, and that's how the first goal came about. So mm-hmm. they almost end up bet- between those two extremes, and neither of them worked. As I put on Twitter after the game, straight after the game, I think the big difference, the, the, the thing that swung this in Everton's favour, apart from the crowd, is swapping Gray and Richarlison. Yeah. As soon as Richarlison goes off from those aimless punts forward that were going straight to Southampton heads, started landing on Everton heads, and they were able to build mm-hmm. off that. Richarlison looked fantastic. I thought he, unsurprisingly, given how much football he's played, he looked like the one that was match fit, Fresh. whereas everybody else was was picking up. He will feel that at another point in the season, but for now, yeah. Everton can work with that and just just need to manage him. Kind of buzzing off, pick, picking up areas of space, dangerous areas. Even for the third goal, for example, he's the one that, yeah. that, that peels out to the right and delivers that cross. I thought it was a really intelligent, not just a hard-working, but a really intelligent performance from him. Abdoulaye Decoré. Absolutely outstanding. Best mm-hmm. player on the pitch. Certainly Everton's yeah. best player on the pitch. Mopping up and almost doing the job of two midfielders. I'd say him in terms of what he was doing in the centre of the pitch. Um, and it just that change at half time just seemed to make the, the world of difference. Um, absolutely delighted. And obviously Rafa Benitez needed that more than anything. He needed to get off to a win. He needed the fans there behind him. So if you were writing a script, overcoming adversity in this way, getting everybody on side, pulling them together, then I don't think you could have asked for much more than this. I think it, it made me realise how isolated both from an emotional point of view and just purely from a footballing point of view last season was I think you'll you'll very quickly forget that that season was ever a thing because I I I was in very much the same boat as Paddy coming into the game today whereas when Dave obviously mentioned that very emotional video that was played before kickoff when the siren came on when Zed cars come on I was I was fighting my my own body's instincts to make it more of a thing than it was. My, in, in my mind, it was like I'd never been away. I wanted it to be more of an occasion inside, but it became so ritualistic going to the game for, what, 26 years in exactly the same seat watching that team, thinking it, it's very hard for even an 18-month break to, to really disturb what going to to the game means and I mean as soon as the referee's whistle blew for kickoff, it, it all felt incredibly familiar yeah. and obviously so much of that first half felt very familiar um, if, if anyone would have placed a bet on Everton to go down on 20 minutes 21 <laughs> minutes to an Adam Armstrong goal so I, you're going to say just go down <laughs> honestly I don't think Everton I don't think any particular book you would have paid out on that uh, but I think the the overwhelming thing for me I think Dave obviously mentioned the fact that the fans meant so much in terms of making that game different to how that game would have looked last season. I, I, I don't think it's outside the realms of possibility that you say that Everton probably really struggled to to pull a point back or, or obviously to win that game last season. And I think that's where most of Carlo Ancelotti's downfall was based. But I think it was... For, for some of those players, it felt it felt very strange trying to 
do some form of in-game analysis of people like Alan and Decore, who we all at this point feel very familiar with, but <laughs> yeah. seeing them actually run around in person, there, there was that kind of half feel towards what a debut should look like. Yeah. Um, I think it's a really good point about Richarlison and Damari Gray. I think what you lose from someone like Richarlison playing out wide is speed on the ball. Damari Gray absolutely gives you that. And what you lose from playing someone like Damari Gray in behind Calvert-Lewin is that know-how in front of goal. And Richarlison obviously gives you that in that situation. So yeah. it, it's definitely food for thought in terms of where Rafael Benitez poses those two You've players going forward. You've got to get those two as close to each other as possible. Yeah, Richarlison absolutely. and Calvert-Lewin, they've got to be as close to each but other as possible, even if it's Richarlison just from the left. We've never really had the strength out wide. And no. people will debatably say we still don't now to, to accommodate those two people playing centrally and, and not having that full of influence out wide I think the the interesting overall point for me and it was mentioned in Rafael Benitez's programme notes as well it's, he consistently mentions the words in, it, the word intensity and I think that Goodison Park obviously thrives off that intensity at the right times uh, arguably it wasn't there in the first half but that was purely because the, the nature of the game meant that we, we were never going to be on the upper hand but I think at, at the point where Goodison Park needed that lift in terms of personality not only from the players but obviously from the fan base as well we got that and I think that that's something that Benitez do you know what we'll probably pick tactical flaws in his managerial ability going forward for for this season and possibly seasons to come but what you hope you get from someone who knows both the football club and also the Premier League as a whole is someone who knows when that emotive side of of the home advantage and, and all of these these words that we use about playing at Goodison Park and it being a fortress, he knows the, the the types of substitutions and the type of gameplay that will get the best out of that situation. And I think today was just one of those games where, even when it got to one all, yeah, and especially when we got that that goal to go two one ahead, it just felt like one of those games where Everton just had far too much, not only from a footballing point of view, but just from a from a general know how point of view, uh, and. I think for the last 10 minutes it was nice just to get over the line with that extra goal and, and not have to bite off fingernails. He had his, he had his first substantial challenge there at half-time, Benitez. Yeah. And I think he passed it with flying colours, trying to work out a way of, of get, getting Everton back into that game beyond just kind of blood and thunder and get mm. the ball forward long. Of course they did do elements of that, but it was quite crucial that they, they swap, swapped a few players round. And the two players they swapped both looked better in those second-half positions. So, I mean... He's, he's past that challenge with flying colours. Mm. Like Mark says, there'll be other times where maybe he doesn't get it quite right. But I think we can also see, just to, to kind of look at things constructively as well, I think we can also see where there is room for this team to improve in the market over the next kind of couple of weeks. Mm. Looked weak at centre-half in the first period. Um, bullied by two lads they shouldn't be bullied by, frankly. Um, and also in midfield at times, just in terms of picking a pass. I think there are two areas they need to look at. Maybe out wide, out wide right if you've got somebody that's a little bit more adept at getting the ball in you can just pinpoint these areas where there is substantial room for improvement and kind of need to be addressed yeah I think that the lads have both mentioned the fans there Dave and I think Rose is right in regards to when it gets to 1-1 I feel like the sort of the atmosphere and the positivity in the stadium and that sense of momentum just sort of gets everything towards to the point where they can score the second and the third but I think as well it's just a sense of you know Evertonians didn't let them get away with that first off performance. You know, people let them know 
in those last five minutes of the first half when players <laughs> were kicking the ball out of play, when they were being negative, when they were being cowardly, that this wasn't on. And they've, they've not had that for a long time. They've, they've, they've sort of been able to get away with that. And there were so many times last season where this team and largely the same group of players were 1-0 down at all time. And they showed nothing in the second half in regards to getting back to it. And, I, you know, like both the lads have said, it wasn't pretty at times today. We didn't suddenly turn it on and start playing slick passing football. But they were positive, they were aggressive, and they knew that they had to show a little bit more. And I think that that's what the fans can do, isn't it? It's not necessarily about creating a, a cauldron where, you know, the opposition come and they go, bloody hell, don't fancy playing here, this isn't nice. It's about just sort of holding people and holding players to account at times. Yeah, I, would, I was very impressed with them. Um... With, with with the crowds all game though to be fair I mean when Benito, all eyes were on Benitez when he come out and he was announced and stuff like that and it, it, it didn't see any of that because of that big Pickford flag so uh, <laughs> but it, it immediately uh, cast me mind back to Allardyce when he was announced and, and the worst thing the club did that night if you remember against West Ham he announced like Whitey announced him didn't he onto mm-hmm. the pitch and I was thinking that's perhaps not yeah. the best move so fair play because Benitez would have been told that it, that was going to happen mm. I think fair play because you are you are running the gauntlets a little bit there, aren't you? And there were a few murmurs and there were a few unsavoury things I could hear said, but by it was and large, at that moment, you know, you knew yeah, it was exactly. Yeah. Kind of deep in, take a breath. Yeah. There was a, there was a point of anticipation when when you got in there for me an hour and a half of it <laughs> when you when you when you get in the ground that like that's the moment here that is going to yeah. spark everybody into life, whichever direction that takes yeah. and. I'd say what, at least over ninety percent of that crowd were well in support. Oh, they cheered him when he was. Uh, he give he give a round of applause. He walked onto the pitch a little bit, but I think as he was he was clever enough. He was savvy enough to realise the best thing he could have done today is not make any of it whatsoever about him. I think he's on a full time as well. Yeah. I, I yeah. completely agree. He he walked to the halfway with a couple of the Southampton fitness coaches and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, wished them well and then immediately walked back to the touchline whilst the media set up and the players did a lap of appreciation which I always thought I also thought was a really really nice touch um, obviously thanking everyone mm. for how long we've all been away the majority of us who can't get pulled out of a hat um, <laughs> <laughs> another grievance yeah, there we go yeah. Yeah, there we go I'm surprised there was a lad in at all to be honest <laughs> with you man. did win 3-1 today yeah, they did. <laughs> we're, we're getting on listening. we're getting on to this and, and look all, all I've gone on about is the, the, the pre-match lengthy pre-match experience I've had and, and, and the emotive side of things but on, on the pitch the lads are absolutely right there um, I thought Richarlison was excellent particularly second half I actually think the yellow card for the dive was a motivational thing for him really mm. it seemed to I don't know whether they channeled his focus a little bit more but you know there's times when he wouldn't have been booked there and it's quite clear there's a director from the Premier League that and his, there is, his card is marked unfortunately exactly correct yeah it, yeah, he's stereotyped now, isn't he? And, and that's, that's, that, that, that shows he's matured a bit, doesn't it? Because I think, I think, does, uh, there was no think his first two seasons, you think, yeah. yellow card, oh no. And I think there were times in his first season when he got that early book and, uh, you know, it sort of inhibited him and he couldn't be his aggressive self. And, you know, a lot of his games were putting himself in mm. difficult positions and tackling it and doing all that sort of thing. But mm. he was very calculated and calm exactly. in the way in which he went about it. You know, Paddy said it was an intelligent performance yeah. from him. He tempered, he tempered his reaction. Um, it was maturity personified at times, yeah. and I was really happy with that because we know we can fly off the rails. Mm. <laughs> I'm actually surprised at this point he hasn't been sent off. Has he even been sent off? Oh, he was Bournemouth, wasn't it, that time? Yeah. Uh, but, tackle against Thiago last season as well. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. That really won the ball. But that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's neither here nor there at this stage, is it? <laughs> 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 well, that's the first, the first day. Any Reds who get on a day, they just help themselves just listen to there the blue room, so there Correct. you go. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. For the, uh, thanks for the tick <laughs> in the book. But... Um, 
yeah, he's. Um, it's funny he hasn't been sent off more because he has been like that in the past, hasn't he? So it's it's only nice. a yellow card, by the way. If an Everton player dives, if a Southampton <laughs> oh, player yeah, dives, yeah, it's, a good it's point. not a yellow card. It's nothing. That's a really good point. But <laughs> the the man that no one's mentioned so far, and I think he was the one who grabbed the ball by the horns, is is the core, eh? And I thought he was magnificent. Um, first half, I felt he was a little bit. Probably on the leash, on on a leash somewhat. He was yeah. he was shackled a little bit. I don't know whether that was an instructional thing to sort of sit a little bit deeper and try and help Alan break up the midfield play, which was quite dominating in the first half. But second half, it's everything you want him to be. It was like he just shed his skin, yeah. and he was just all over the place. And he, he's one of those players that properly gets the tingles going down your spine, isn't he? When he picks up the ball and drives and. Mm. The goal he scored, actually, I thought the chance was gone. Because he's, oh, it is. It reminds me of Manny Fernandez's goal against United, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. But it's the way he sort of he gets the ball. And I'm thinking, hit it almost first time, hit it. He didn't have the body shape to do so. But then when he pivots and almost like turns round, yeah. and I'm thinking, chance is gone. He needs to lay it off, and and the cross will come in. Mm. But it's like this short back lift. He, he doesn't run onto the ball. And he just fires it, pinpoint into the top corner. And it was so unexpected. And it was the yeah. point where, excuse my language, I lost my shit at that point. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was hugging old ladies. I, I, I was, there was all sorts going on around me. People, again, uh, who, who normally don't celebrate too much. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe because they're frail and old, but they don't celebrate yeah. too much. Um, they're not on their feet all the time, jumping up and down. And there was a collective... I don't know what you guys are like with the people around you, but I felt like I hadn't known someone for like years and years and years, and today I feel like they're all my best friends. You know, only five <laughs> people in my head. Ah, <laughs> oh, there you go, yeah. You know, you know, you know, we get a Dave Downey kiss, don't you? It's like nearly put me, put me two into someone's skull. Kiss. It's funny you mentioned about the, the goal comparisons, though, because yeah, the Fernandez one was probably one I hadn't thought of, yeah, but yeah, yeah. the two that really came Carsley? to mind. Do you know what? The, the first one, Carsley, Birmingham, great shot. With it being against Southampton, that that Radzinski yeah, goal yeah, with it was circulating. All the same corner as well, yeah, by the way. All in that top corner yeah. of the Garda Street. And the other one, for the men, the reasons you mentioned there, Dave, in terms of you know short backlift and hitting the roof of the net. Do everyone remember that Duncan Ferguson goal at Old Trafford in about '96 yeah, on yeah. the turn? And it, it, it he scored it, two that night, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, did, yeah, very, very similar to that goal. Um, but yeah, at the, the core right, again it, in the the build up to the game and in a similar ilk to Benitez has actually acted upon it when the time came but said he was going to be more offensive said he was going to you know let that leash be be let off a little bit and just have a little bit more freedom in his game and I think at the point where the game gets to to one all and in particular 2-1 he's the type of player who opposition players should play against and think I cannot be arsed with this fella yeah. he is he is really he'd be fearful he, he's everywhere yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. the other side of that though just to go back to it Matt is he's the type of lad who strikes me as somebody who's like he's quite quiet, mm. seems to be you know somebody who keeps himself to himself. But he gave it the massive and you one on sat, the Well, this is it. Yeah. You sat there thinking, just let it go, just yeah. let it go. Like there's an anger building up in him, and he just seemed to just let rip. And for the the, the second half of that game, I thought I thought he was dominant in midfield. It's the same for yeah. the players, you know, when we talk about fans being away from the ground. Yeah, the players on, yeah. genuinely miss it as well. They see mm. it as fuel. So. I think we have to view it through that lens, to be honest, as well. Yeah, but does, it, does Michael Keane see it as fuel? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not sure he did when he towed the um, pass out of the He had some sort of fuel before the game, and all that. <laughs> I mean, she's going to move to go down to but the, the, the goal, like I, I, I sat right behind that, and it was just, it was just a weird moment because the ball was like at his feet, and then all of a sudden, it like 
it wasn't like it travelled like to stab, the top corner. It was like it, it was like it was at his feet. Then oh right, this is in the top corner now. Yeah. And like at first, I thought all the goalies had a bit of a nightmare there. But when you watch it, I think just just because I was right behind it, like the ball just didn't really seem to go anywhere. Yeah. But it just ended up in in the top corner. But did we not talk about last week, Matt? Uh, just before I forget that if you were to pick a team to have a home. Uh, as your opening game be back it'd yeah, be Southampton yeah, yeah. and I think mm-hmm. after that goal went in that's exactly why because they buckled then mm-hmm. and they looked free, they looked scared they were on the back foot Hassan Hurt was motionless by the yeah. way Benitez was constantly on his toes on the touchline I have no idea what he's saying maybe he's just talking to himself but there's no way the players understand what he's going on about because he stands there with his two fingers like <laughs> held together and just starts going like that yeah. like clapping them together and then doing all these weird motions and like you know, if you're Alan sitting off in midfield, there running your guts out in defensive yeah. midfield, you do you know what he's on about? Because yeah. none of us do. Um, and and there was no reaction from Southampton, which I uh, when we went two one up, I thought this is going to be a cracker. This now because mm. I think they'll come back into it. That Armstrong looked handy up front mm. for them. He looked I think quick as well. Great finish for the goal. Right? Yeah, because he's he's quick, Paddy. He's quicker than I thought he was. I, I've watched him a lot of Blackburn last season, and yeah, he's a good well, finisher. Yeah, but he looked like. A typical championship striker, yeah. like a Jordan Rhodes type, someone like that. He was quite nippy, mobile, could finish. Um, his goal was really good as well. He takes it really well, yeah. by the way. Having having Keen basically laying on a plate for him, but uh, and Che Adams as well. He was physically um, a handful, I think, for Holgate quite a lot of the game. And then it, it felt like there was a, not a calmness about it because I was nervous right till the very end, mm. even with the two goal lead. But um, to 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 have that feeling where. That was it. Southampton were done then. They were absolutely done, in my opinion. They didn't pose any other threat apart from some really good crosses from Ward Prowse on the corners that went right under the crossbar, right in front of us, Mark. And a couple of them were like scary moments. But it felt like a little bit of a throwback performance that for Everton, where there was momentum. They got the bit between the teeth, and then after that, there was only one winner. Mm. Let's see what they're able to do in the final few weeks of the transfer window but I wanted to pick up on something you said Matt because you spoke about Ducore and you said he's the kind of guy when he's in that kind of mood that you don't want to play against that was Mark I think to oh, give him credit it was yeah. Mark alright I'll give him <laughs> unfortunately you have to give him some kind of credit <laughs> you have to give him some credit maybe hear this voice he's <laughs> <laughs> actually spoken in the ground today <laughs> I, I sit in the park end as well. <laughs> but I just, I just think that's what they're going to have to be like to a man. We said that like Ralph Wiggum. I sat in the park end. <laughs> I, okay, I will not, I'm not happy with that comparison. <laughs> it's not the most flattering comparison I've ever, I've ever heard in my not, life. But the way he I, says, you know, he's there proud to be in the park. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but jo- jokes aside, I, I just think what you're saying there about one particular player, if they've not got the individual quality of a James Rodriguez on the pitch, not got the technical quality then they are going to have to be like that to a man, all mm. 11 of them. Mm. They're going to have to be that gnarly side that are difficult to play against. I think you've got that when you've got Richarlison and, and Calvert-Lewin. You might lack a bit of guile at times yeah. as a partnership. And they did, to, to be honest, today, Everton. But if, if if you can create that momentum, you can be difficult to play against, then at least you make yourself competitive in the game. I'd still like to see that player that come in, or James return to the team, some kind of player that can knit things together and can carve something out of nothing. Failing that we need what we saw today, and we mm. need all of those eleven lads to kind of ba- kind of band in together and, and, yeah. and get the job done. I, I thought they were really good in the second half, um, and hopefully they can use that as a catalyst now to to go and get get results both at home and, and away from home. Yeah, I think that. I mean, 
primarily because of Decore. What what I wanted to see today was everything that Everton lacked last season, in particular yeah. at Goodison Park, which was that grit in the centre of midfield. I, di- I didn't want to walk away from this particular game with the same feelings that I had on the back of last season, whereby I'm looking for Everton to do something in the transfer market, in the centre of midfield, because despite spending however many millions in that particular area of the field we still look lacking and you know what question marks still hang around numerous players in that position mm. and I think Alan is is definitely one of those but Decore just feels as though his progression and his natural movement in terms of moving on from last season is is right there um, I and he think, said it didn't he before the game he, yeah. he said yeah. in an interview with, with I think it was the official channel he said that he's been tasked now with getting more into the box Absolutely, I always think yeah. he's one of those players that's better going vertical as opposed yeah. to horizontal yeah. I think you can have him doing either but you almost limit him like yeah. at Watford he would, he would stride forward he'd score goals I remember one I think it was away at Brighton where he just picked the ball up and he drove and he yeah. drove and he drove got to the edge yeah. of the box and absolutely whacked it in and we saw today the value of having somebody like that the problem is it just creates such a burden for the other the guy. Other guy. Yeah. And maybe at times Alan's not maybe mobile enough yeah. or whatever else, physical enough in, in some ways. So you can you can see where there's room for improvement in this yeah. side. But you can also see how Ducore potentially could kick on under Benitez if he's playing that kind it, of role. In that sense, I'm quite excited to see Ducore in a, arguably a flatter midfield three with someone like yeah. Gabamon maybe playing yeah. alongside yeah. Alan. Yeah. And obviously the shackles being unleashed a little bit on Abdi Decore in, in that position but I think the the other thing that impressed me um, we go back to Richarlison now I think that the word that surrounded his performance and, and probably his general attitude towards Everton at the moment was responsibility mm-hmm. and I think Everton have given him that in yeah. terms of saying well you know what you go off and do your thing in, in the Copper America obviously the Olympics was, was very much a, a 50-50 decision for a lot of the summer and, and Everton decided to say to Richarlison go off and do that, do really well, go and win your gold medal. But when you come back here, you know exactly what we expect from you. Yeah. And I, I very much got that feeling from not only the club in general, but in particular from him today, is that he was very aware of what Everton primarily A, wanted from him, but what we really needed from him. And I think so much of that linked into his reaction from that, that yellow card for, for simulation in the first half. But... I think the last thing I'd probably pick on in terms of impressing me today was the tactical change that uh, Rafael Benitez made to bring Yerry Mina on in the in the centre of defence. And the thing that probably, up. well, absolutely, yeah. But the the problem with Shane that substitution, but we, as you as you both rightly say, we've done this down the years consistently, but. Stereotypically, that change will be made on 90 or 91 minutes when the game is really at that flip of a coin moment. And I appreciate we, we got the extra goal in that time today, so the pressure wasn't necessarily there. But I think the, the know-how to make that substitution on 80 as opposed to 90 may seem very trivial, but yeah. you, you arguably add a level of instability into your 11 when you do that. And I think if, if you give your side a few minutes to adjust to that point before the game gets into that real ebb and flow moment that, that stoppage time provides us with, it, in important games in the season when the margin is a lot finer, that that's exactly the type of of game managing know how that you expect someone like Rafael Benitez to bring. So it was nice to get a little bit of insight into that today. I'd just like to say as well that I think the only other thing that really springs to mind for me is that Everton have been through a lot of adversity in the last few months. Even if you go back to losing Carlo Ancelotti quite suddenly as manager and him moving to Real Madrid, 
everything that's followed since has given the impression, kind of inside and outside the club, that they they kind of they, they're muddling along and they're a bit of a beleaguered club. We've seen them not be able to do business in the transfer market. Five players isolating today. Yeah. yeah. Um, COVID in camp over the last few weeks, and other things going on as well. Even Yerry Mina. I mean, it, what what kind of this for me was Mark talking about Yerry Mina there. I would say he's in Everton's best two centre backs, but he's yeah. only just back and he's not going to be as fit. He's not had as much of a pre season as, mm. as a Michael Keane or a Mason Holgate. Ben Godfrey wasn't there. So you, you, you're missing kind of key pillars of your team. Other guys there are, are, are kind of maybe not fit or they're isolating or so on and so forth. Everton have had a lot of barriers to overcome in a short space of time. Things that maybe in, in a different time would have gone against them mm. and would have meant that they went under mm. and they've not done that here so I think we do need to give them credit for that they, they've mustered something they've fought in the face of adversity and they've, they've got over it they've won three points I think that's absolutely massive I think the one thing we needed from today and it, 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 it's kind of tautological yeah. it's quite quite obvious the one thing we needed for today was was three points mm. even more than the performance no, just I, three points to get things well, on, on the right on the right track that, even more impressive sorry Matt for all those things that you just said is that that's the first time that Everton have won a game having been down at half time in <laughs> yeah. over six years yeah. they don't do it. which is unbelievable they don't do it, do yeah. they? is that They've actually true yeah, yeah six years 2015 wow. Yeah. Wow, that is, to with that, is <laughs> that is amazing. That is amazing. Do you know what? Yeah, Ralph, Ralph in the back. Yeah, <laughs> picking me nose, giving out the stats. <laughs> you are, you are right, there, Paddy, because you know, <laughs> you dar some donuts and all. <laughs> but you know, also what we said about how important it was that he got off to a good start, the manager, and you know, obviously at half time you're thinking. You know, it, it places more emphasis and more importance on all these early games. It's not like if a different manager came in and we'd go, well, you know what happens today? It's going to be a long process. It's going to be long term. We need to be patient, all those things. All, all of that goes out the window when it's Benitez, so, so you're absolutely right. And just finally, Dave, as well, um, you know, that, that fair goal is, <coughs> is obviously such a relief, isn't it? You can sort of relax and chill out a little bit after Everton and get that. And I suppose, in, 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 you know, in some senses, it's, it's all... Sort of a perfect day, and the fact that our two main goal scorers for the season have both got off the mark on on the first day. And I don't think Don was anywhere near fully fit today. I don't think he had a particularly good game, but no. um, probably a measure of the striker he's become since we've not actually been at the ground. And he, you know, was nowhere near his best today. Didn't wasn't much involved in general play, but when that one chance came to him, albeit via a bit of a you know a squirm under the goalkeeper, he he finds the back of the net. Well, that that's where his games evolved over the yeah. years, and now like we're talking about a guy who's a complete striker now, and I think we're entering the territory where Everton will be very lucky to keep hold of him. I think in future years when. Uh, he's got that knack now of a top striker where when they're not playing well, when they're probably half fit, like you say, he knows the positions he needs to be in for those little scuffs that go in. He gets himself in position, you know, whether it goes in off whatever orifice in his body, mm. he manages to find himself in those positions now. And they're the things that he lacked early on in his career because he was doing, you know, thankless tasks yeah. all over the... But you don't have to go down that route again, right wing back and all that nonsense. But now... He's uh, earned his way into being a, a predatory finisher, and he can he, he can his own decision making now is what his game's about. Where in the past, I think he's been dictated to a little bit by what the tactic is. Mm. Everton go away, one up front, thankless task, you're going to run channels, all that mm. nonsense. Um, now he's earned the right, I think, as Everton's true number nine, 
which he has been now for a couple of seasons, where he can make the decision he wants to make. If he wants to drop a little bit deeper and pick the ball up, which we saw probably to his own detriment a little bit last season, um, certainly towards the end of the Project Restart campaign, mm. where that, that game in Sheffield United always stick in my head because it was almost like he was an attacking yeah, midfielder. Yeah. He kept on asking for the ball, and that frustration was there when he wasn't getting it in the box. But now I think he's wise enough. Uh, I think he's... He's, he's got that little bit about him, a little bit of snide about him now where he'll lean his body in, he'll do that thing mm-hmm. that Kane does that everyone yeah. flips over, mm-hmm. where people just go somersaulting yeah. over his head when he leans his body he's in. Savvy, isn't he, Dave? He is, he's clever. He's a very clever striker and he's matured. And now yeah. he, he, he'll find himself in, in positions where those chances will come where you think, well, he hasn't got to score a typical Dominic Calvert-Lewin goal. He hasn't got to leap four feet in the air to yeah. beat a defender. He's just got to simply be there. He's I got to be in position. I to score that today, you know, in the cross. Yeah, I was kind of yeah. sat on top of it. Yeah. I, was in, I was in the main stand, kind of parallel with it. As soon as that arrived at Calvert-Lewin's head, by hook or by crook, and it was scruffy <laughs> the way it went in, that, but it was like a, a typical Calvert-Lewin Is that goal. the most Andy Gray goal that Everton have ever scored? <laughs> is it the, even with Andy Gray. Is it the most Alex Awobi cross as well? <laughs> yeah. by the, no, it was Richarlison's cross. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. Where have you got an assist for the corner? That's <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, the, the two-yard ball battle? Uh, yeah, but and, and he come on, didn't he? He was, he he was, was all right when he came on. I yeah, thought he, he was OK. Yeah. I thought, you know, you're, you're typical... Looking at a lad here who's low on, on confidence, I think, mm. uh, even though his persona and when he gets the ball, fair play to him, he still consistently tries to beat men. Yeah. He still consistently tries to run to the byline and get a ball in. And I thought he was okay with Coleman when he came on. There were a couple of neat little one-twos. Uh, there, was, <laughs> there was a hilarious moment. You've probably seen it best, Matt, at New Paddy, that end of the pitch, where he tries to cross it, it rebounds off the defender's shin. And it ends up being like a wonderful yeah. cross that we, we just miss out on scoring. And yeah, I, yeah. I said to the guy next to me, oh, what a ball that was. He went, yeah, it was from Bednarek. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean... It's, it, I don't even Bednarek played. Well, I don't even know it was there. I mean, it was a mismatch of the Southampton side, wasn't it, actually? I mean, I did feel if we if we didn't get three points against these, you look at the side they had, yeah. which was makeshift, to say the least. War Prowse yeah, didn't look interested at the times because he was yeah. been heavily linked with Villa, hasn't he? Yeah. War Prowse. You wouldn't be surprised if he left before the window. Uh, I I think they'll be in danger this season, yeah, the Saints. So to get to get three points over the line was imperative, really. And I think we'll look back at this game, maybe three four games down the line, maybe later on in the season, thinking I'm so glad we got off to a decent yeah, start. That's, that's the game. That's the game Everton lose last season. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, spot on. You that. look at the absolute dross that they lost at home to Sheffield United, Fulham, sides of that ilk. Burnley. Mm. You just look at those sides. Everton should be beating all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Goodison, even a draw, a, a, a bad result in, in those circumstances. So I I agree with Dave. I think Southampton are in trouble if you look at the current squad, unless they, they do reinvest substantially and, and get some good players in. But that is the game that Everton lose, the game where they go a goal down. It's it's niggly. They were like pulling players back yeah. and not getting carded. Yeah. Um, Alex McCarthy was taking three years with every goal kick, <laughs> taking over. I enjoyed the mantle, referee having mantle. a pop at Jordan Pickford for doing yeah. exactly the same thing. Though. It was yeah. funny as well. Did you see how quick in the second half when Everton went two one up? Yeah. See how quick yeah. McCarthy had. There was a, like he'd do a few jeers from the from the Gladys Street because obviously he sped up by. By quite some distance, and yeah. um, that is that is one of the best things about going the match, isn't it? When yeah. when you've got a goal, he's wasting time against you, and then you score two goals to turn it around, and then they start hurrying up, and yeah. everyone gives it gives it the ironic <laughs> cheer. Just one other potentially unseen moment, which which made me think that this would never happen last season, is that when when that last goal did go in from Calvert Lewin, and all the players were obviously in that corner where the Gladys Street meets the Bullens. 
a few of the fans ran on the pitch. Yeah. And what one of the fans was, was legging off the pitch, you know, trying to keep away from the stewards and get back into the stand. And Seamus Coleman ran after him in a, in a motion <laughs> that made him look like he's going to give him a load here. Yeah. And Coleman, the, the guy ultimately turns around to look at Coleman and say, why are you shouting me? And he's obviously dropped something on the pitch, like his phone or his wallet. <laughs> oh, so no. Coleman, give, Coleman gives him the phone back and pushes him back into the stand, which I just thought, like, they, they, they are the moments that play. Absolutely thrive on that I completely forgot one of the moments of the day, some fella trying to order a just eat. Uh, <laughs> I'm not even joking. So you know, you know, you know your people around you at the game. It was like two newbies or two walk-ups or whatever it was. Oh, um one of them God. was like off the cake, do you know what I mean? And he said to his mate, Do you reckon we can order the just eat here? So they actually tried to order the just eat to um, MS5 on, the, <laughs> <laughs> on Goodison Road. It, it, needless to say, it didn't arrive at half-time, like, and he was fuming with his mate because he was like, he wants his money back. MS5, <laughs> no, was one of the postcode dollars in the country. Probably got some like Macclesfield yeah. or something. Yeah, Mansfield. Yeah. Yeah. Mansfield, yeah. yeah. But uh, as days go, going back the match, um, look, you can scrabble all you like about the first half. It's all about the results. It's all about getting back, feeling like you're yeah. a football supporter again, and all of that was there. So... Well done, Everton, and uh, you know, on to two tough away games now, and yeah. let, let's hope we can sign some a couple of players because we do need some players mm. uh, away from the the isolated five. Uh, a couple of them might not ever turn up in an Everton shirt again, anyway. Might yeah, be isolated five sounds like a, a cowboy. You haven't watched you haven't watched Prison Break, have you? The Fox River Eight. It's like that. Um, it's like the unreleased. Paddy's watched book. Prison Break, haven't you? <laughs> no. Oh, Never. Sorry, we're going, sorry, we're going down a wormhole, yeah. Yeah, Mosey has, that'll do. Yeah, right. um, but yeah, <laughs> a, 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 an incredibly emotional day. Uh, I'm one, I'm, I'm pretty exhausted from sitting there watching them, um, which is which is a nice feeling, having been the match, having gone the game, and we're watching in 2021. I haven't done it since 2019. Yeah. Have I? 2020, 2020, early 2020, uh, it feels great. Yeah, 2020. I sat there in the first half thinking 45 minutes is a long time. It just felt like it, it, felt like it went on for ages. Mm. But yeah, as Dave said, well done, Everton, uh, for getting the three points today. Uh, cheers to the lads for joining me. I hope you enjoy that. Uh, whether you went the game today or you watched on from afar, uh, great scenes at Goodison Park today. Uh, we will, of course, be back this week as well to talk about that game in a little bit more detail. But yeah, in the meantime, thanks for listening and we'll speak to you again soon. The General Insurance presents Shower Ballads by Shaq. And I'm gonna keep my you, cause it's the only thing I wanna do. Turns out, everyone does sound better in the shower. And it turns out, The General is a quality insurance company that's been saving people money for nearly 60 years. I just wanna keep for a great low rate and nearly 60 years of quality coverage, make the right call and go with the General. The General Auto Insurance Services, Inc. Insurance Agency, Nashville, Tennessee. Some restrictions apply. Sports Social Podcast Network.